Um, hey, you guys. So I just watched a video by Classically Abby. She's a YouTuber. She's pretty conservative. She was known for having a lot of ads at one point in time because she really wants to grow her channel pretty quickly. And they worked, you know. Just close to 100,000 subscribers. Everyone would always say, is this Ben Shapiro's sister? She looks and sounds exactly like him. The cadence in which she speaks is like his. And she has the same exact values. And she's admitted recently that, yes, that is her brother. <laughs> but you can completely tell they might as well be twins in a male and female version of each other, which I think is beautiful. Shows they have the same parents, mother and father. And, um... And hearing my voice more, because when I was younger, I never used to really hear myself because I didn't record myself. And I'm a millennial, but I was not into social media in high school. I didn't get into it until college. And I was uh, forced to get a Facebook by my professor, and I never uploaded any videos. I didn't. I had a digital camera as a kid, but I just would take pictures mainly. I didn't record a lot of videos. So I say all that to say, I've only recently, since starting this podcast, hearing my voice on a regular basis, my real voice. Because the way you sound, I'm sure everyone knows, the way you sound in recording or the way you sound to other people basically is going to sound different than how you sound to yourself. So I heard my own voice once in a microphone, like there was something about the acoustics of the microphone that I was using where I could hear how my voice was actually sounding to other people. And I don't know if that's the same kind of microphone that singers and rappers use. I'd imagine it would be because it would be helpful for them and their performances. But I used other microphones where it wasn't like that. And that microphone, I could actually hear my real voice in real time. So that was kind of cool. But generally speaking, I have my own voice and the way that I sound to myself in my head. And then when I record myself, I hear how I sound to other people. And I know everyone who's ever heard themselves in a recording knows what I mean. So I say all that to say, I never fully realized quite how much I sound like my father and my brothers until I started this podcast. I don't really think I sound all that much like my mom. Um, but I sound a lot like my father's, and I sound like one of my brothers in particular, um, more than the others, but I sound like two of my brothers, but one of them in particular, I sound a lot alike, him. Um, and I look like all, all three of my brothers and myself, we all look alike, um, but there's one in particular, the one that I sound like, we, we sound, um, very similar and we look a lot alike. And we both resemble our father the most. So we take after our father in looks and sound and also a lot in mentality, I think. So um, I say all that to say if we both started YouTube channels and got really popular, I know people will be able to pinpoint right away that we're siblings. And I think that that's kind of cool. I think it's cool that people who are family can just be that similar and that happens when you're very closely related that's why twins are look so much alike they have the same parents they share this identical dna identical twins that is and even fraternal twins sometimes because they're just regular siblings and like i said me and my brother we're just siblings and we're just alike so it's interesting to me how 
everything has kind of changed, like, in just seeing how I am on social media and working more as an adult and stuff. I'm just getting to know myself so much better every single day, and this podcast has been so helpful for me. I don't get a lot of views. I don't know what people can see when they're, like, on my podcast, but I know I can see my views, and I don't get a ton of views. I might get four views, two views, ten views, but I love it because I get to just be myself and express myself, and it's been really therapeutic for me. Honestly, it really has, and I appreciate all my listeners, and I appreciate Anchor and Spotify and Apple all the different podcasts that I'm on, all the different platforms I'm on, and I utilize Anchor in order to create this podcast, and I'm saying all this to say, I just saw a video with Abby Shapiro, and, well, that's her maiden name, I don't know her, her married name, but I watched a video with Classically Abby, where she talked about how conflicted she felt about being pregnant. It's just her second pregnancy, her first pregnancy, she had a miscarriage after 10 weeks. And that was very sad for her, but now with this pregnancy, she's so happy that she's pregnant and that she gets to be a mother because she lost her first baby. And she talked about how basically she felt a bit conflicted, not living up to her full potential, and how that made her feel guilty because she, and she revealed in the end what it was really about was Basically, she went to school to be an opera singer. She got her bachelor's degree and her master's degree. And then she ended up getting married and focusing on her YouTube channel and her husband. And now she's pregnant. And she's happy that she gets to work from home as a social media influencer. But she did go to school for all those years to be an opera singer. And But opera singers have to travel a lot. So... It wasn't really something that was practical for her because she wants to stay home with her kids and she does feel remorseful about that. Now for me, I'm just gonna be honest, I like Classically Abby, I, she's a conservative. I like her channel, she's Jewish. I get to learn more about her faith and her culture and I think she's very sweet, very pretty, I like her. But I have to be honest, the woman cannot sing. She cannot hold a tune. She cannot sing. Um, I think she looks good. So she looked good on stage as an opera singer. And maybe she can act. And, you know, I think she, she should just look at it as something that was a learning experience. She got to learn, you know, different languages. And she got to learn different techniques in terms of how to sing. And she got to express herself. But she cannot sing. She's not a good singer. <laughs> she has no talent. All she has is skill and knowledge and technique. And I think for me, that's just my opinion. But also, um, for her, I know it's difficult to have to let go of a dream. But I look at it, you know, watching the video kind of made me feel good because I went to school to be a nail technician just for a few months and I never ended up taking the exam and I always would think in the back of my mind oh maybe I should take the exam I spent four thousand dollars to go to that school so I definitely wanted to be a nail technician because I wanted to be a nail technician social media influencer I wanted to be online doing nails but I had to keep it real with myself I do not have the patience I do not have the talent 
And I don't have the ability to develop a skill set in order to be a good nail technician. Even if I were to really take my time every single day to do nails, I am not an artist. Like, I'm just not. I've never, I don't have the fine motor skills. I don't even have the vision to be a visual artist and take the time to really do my nails every single day and develop that skill set the way that I would need to to compensate for the fact that I don't have the natural God-given talent. My brother, the one who I resemble the most, who I don't get along with actually, he is the one who uh, is the artist. (laughs) He is the one who actually is really good at just creating visual art. I just never had a knack for it, but I always had an interest in it. My brother had the ability to create art, and I just had an appreciation of art. I'm actually going to a museum tomorrow, so I'll be looking at art. And I have a lot of art in my apartment. Um, I'm renting a room, but I have a roommate, but um, there was art already on the walls when I got here. But I love it. You know, I have an appreciation for, for all kinds of art. But when it comes to creating it, I'm just not very good at it. I've done some crafting. I've done some journaling. Every now and again, it can be a fun thing to do. But in terms of creating art that other people actually want to see or walk around with on their body, because nail art is real art. And if people are looking it up on YouTube, people want to see real art. Even when it comes to creating social media content, as visually and aesthetically pleasing as an artist, that is not what I have an act for. It just isn't. And I have to get to the point where I can be real with myself and say, no, I will not be a nail technician. And I definitely won't be a nail social media influencer because I don't have an eye for it. And when it comes to doing that, I wanted to do it so that I could create a product line and sell it to the masses. I don't pay attention to details enough to even be able to do that. It was a good idea. It was a great idea. But for me, it just isn't right. I work in healthcare and I think that that's a great field for me. I like being able to socialize. I don't like having to sit on a computer isolated by myself all day. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for my physical health because I'm stacked. I'm sanitary. I'm sanitary, I think. I don't know if I'm sanitary. I don't know. I'm sitting down all day. I'm not socializing enough so I'm not getting enough practice with my socialization as I need and in order to maintain a good mental health and I'll just even talk about some of the dementia patients that I work with so I have this dementia patient she is wonderful she's lovely I'll call her Sharon Miss Sharon that's not her real name but I'll say Miss Sharon She is lovely. She talks to everybody. She gets confused all the time, but she just cracks jokes and is so funny and witty and so cute, and I just adore her, and so does everybody else. But she was on the decline when she came into the nursing home. The family did not want to admit her. A lot of people, for cultural reasons, they don't want to put their family member in a facility like that. They feel like they're bad children or bad people if they say their relative lives in a nursing home. But what will happen a lot of times, especially with dementia patients, is they just end up having to go there because they're not safe being at home and they get sick 
their health gets worse and they're not happy. And what happened with this person in particular, she got the physical and occupational therapy and she was able to walk again. She can walk a little bit now. She still is in a wheelchair most of the time, but she gets up and she walks too much, honestly. <laughs> and she's so social. She has such an active social life. She has so many friends at the, at the nursing home because she's so funny. She's always cracking jokes, always noticing things and saying different things. And she's really interactive. And I've noticed that since I've started coming, since I've started working at the job and I've been working there for about five months now, she's made tremendous improvement. She couldn't even feed herself. You know, I, she has a feeder still. Um, but they're going to get rid of that soon, I'm sure, because she can feed her. She can hold her own food now. She can walk now. She can hold a conversation. She gets a little bit confused, but she is very observant and aware of her surroundings. And it is because of the socialization. I mean, this is a woman who has dementia. By the time dementia is noticeable, your brain is already mush. And what's happening with this woman is she's improving. Even with a mushy brain, she's able to make so many improvements because of the socialization. So even under the worst circumstances, when you are clean, well-fed, and you have an active and healthy social life, you can make so many improvements within yourself. So for me, working in a social environment is something that is so important for my mental and physical health. And I have to get to the point where I can see and acknowledge that. Now, what does this have to do with Classically Abby? For her, she was conflicted with feeling like she hadn't fulfilled her full purpose and feeling kind of bad with the social pressures that women have to be working women and not stay home because she felt like she worked so hard to get her bachelor's and to get her master's to be an opera singer and now she can't be because she's a wife and a mother but that's what she really wants to do so I feel bad and for me and she also mentioned the example of an attorney you know for her it's an opera singer which it kind of sucks but it's an opera singer but she also has friends that are attorneys you know she's Jewish she knows people who are attorneys who are doctors not all Jewish people are attorneys and doctors but it is a common thing. And if you come from, let's say, an Orthodox Jewish community, which is where she comes from, where a ton of people will get high degrees in medicine and in law, particularly, those are two fields that are really common for an Orthodox Jewish woman to want to be a lawyer, a doctor, or a judge. It's super common. Um, and then after you have children, you don't want to do that anymore. How do you not feel bad if you go to school to be a neuro and I mean to be like a pediatrician, let's say, that's or a dermatologist or anything. And you spent all those years going to school to learn that, but now you're a mom and you're like, I just want to stay home with my baby. I can imagine you went to school from pre-K to 33 years old you've spent the past 30 years straight in school and now you're supposed to give all that up so that you can take care of this baby for the next 18 to 22 years because so many people stay home after college after high school now too when do you get to use the education that you spent so many decades developing and learning it 
cultivating yourself. I mean, the attorney example was a really good example. But even if you don't become a doctor or a lawyer or a judge, even if you become an opera singer or a nail technician, if you spend the time and the money to do something that you're really passionate about, and you end up having to let it go for whatever reason, for Abby and her friends, their children and their husbands. For me, myself, is because I just had to realize I'm not good at this. But there are other people who have hoop dreams, for example. They want to be basketball players. And they have the skill set, but they just don't have the opportunities. What do you do? It's like the saying, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or the poem or whatever it is? I think what I realized, even in watching that video, and now I feel confident in saying it, because I have a few dreams. You know, I went to school to be a nail technician. I am a subpar professional for this school year, but that won't be the case next school year. Because um, I went back and forth. Am I going to go back to the Department of Education? Am I going to get my certification as a nail technician? What am I going to do? And I felt like when I worked in the Department of Education, I was just sitting down most of the day and I didn't feel fulfilled. And then working as a nail technician, I didn't have the talent and I didn't have the time to cultivate skill set. And I didn't even really have that much of an interest in watching nail videos. I just, I, I really didn't. I would really rather not watch people get their nails done. I don't like long nails. I like short nails. I like to do my nails. I like for my nails to be pretty. I wasn't passionate about it. But I went to school and I'm glad I went because I got to learn a lot. But it just isn't for me. I think if I went and went to school to be like a massage therapist, I could have been better at that. But even that isn't necessarily for me. I mean, my brother wanted to be a chiropractor. Um, my friend went to school to be a massage therapist. But for me, I don't even want to be that. I kind of just wanted to have a job, like the job I have now, where I can be up on my feet all day, running around, talking to different people. I want a job where I can be very active and social and a member of a community. I like saying hi to my coworkers. I really enjoy that. And I like having a lot of coworkers, but I also like being able to do my own thing. I've discovered after working in education and cosmetology that I really enjoy working in nursing, actually. And I needed to take my time to figure that out. You know, sometimes I would feel guilty about my education and, oh, maybe I should have gone to school for this or maybe I should have gone to a different school or maybe I should have not gone and did that nonprofit work that I did or maybe I shouldn't have done this or that. I'm just having regret. But what I realize now and looking back on my career and in my education is that I made the absolute correct decision to do what I'm doing right now. Because 
in working in education and seeing I do like working with people. And working in cosmetology, I realized I do love the arts, but I love it as somebody who is watching it. You know, I love the whole social media influencer thing, but I'm not the creative type. So if I do do the social media influencer thing, I'm not going to be some TikToker, you know, who is just making like this super crazy artsy video. I might be a vlogger or I might be able to develop a certain specialty and teach that. But if I'm going to be, you know, just making content that's very detail oriented and being this tech savvy queen, I just don't see that happening for me because I don't have that type of a personality. I feel like I've gotten to know myself and what my likes and dislikes are and what I am and am not good at. And I'm just going to stick with whatever works for me. You know, even at my job in education and in healthcare, they're always pushing you to go back to school, go back to school. But I know my personality. And I know school is not a healthy environment for me. And that's something I have to be honest about. Every time I go to school, I end up in therapy, literally. It is very stressful for me to be in a classroom because I cannot keep up with my peers. And I cannot really be in that kind of an environment and fit in. I need to be able to socialize while doing my own thing. And that's what I love about nursing. You're constantly socializing with patients, coworkers, supervisors, and if you have some subordinates. But you have to work independently. You have to do your own thing. Unlike being in a classroom as an educator, you're not doing your own thing ever. You have all these kids that you have to watch at once. It's not a one-on-one type of thing unless you're a specialist who works in the school, like a speech pathologist or a, you know, OT or something working at a school. But if you're working in a traditional classroom setting, you're working with a group of people at once. And for me, that just is not good for my mental health. I need to be able to work with people one-on-one. I'm working with you right now. And next I'll be working with someone else. And that's what I need to be doing because that is what's gonna be best for me and for my mental health. I can't be getting compared to other people, especially not in real time. I need to be able to cultivate my skills, develop myself on my, in my own pace. If it doesn't work out at this job, be able to get another job quickly because jobs are plentiful. And in healthcare, they are plentiful. In education, it depends on location in certain areas you be able to get a job very easily. In other areas, you won't be able to get a job very easily. And I can't live like that. I need to be able to work anywhere in the country, whenever I want, or anywhere in the world. I need to be able to know that I can always have a job, that there's a certain amount of job security, and I need to be able to know that I can just do my own thing while also working with people. Because I always thought, oh, I'm such an introvert, I don't like people. I do like people. I just don't like having to keep up with other people. I want to be able to do me while also working with everybody. And that's something that I realized for myself. And now that I know that, I can let go of the past. Just like with Abby, she's 
struggling with it still, but she's coming to terms with the fact that she needs to be able to be a mom. So she has to get a new career where she's doing something different so that she can have that work-life balance, then that's what she needs to do. I think what I've noticed, and I know people who wanted to get into the music business, and people who wanted to get into sports, or people like me who wanted to get into cosmetics, or someone like Abby who wants to be an opera singer. When you're passionate about something, it's so hard to do the work, to do the research, to do the networking, whatever, just to be let down and told, nope, this isn't for you. But now what I'm realizing is, you know, I did all of that and it wasn't for nothing. You know, I learned a lot. I got to meet people. I got to have a good experience. And now that chapter is done. But it wasn't a complete waste of my time. It wasn't a complete waste of my money. It was just an experience that I was able to have that I'll no longer have because I don't want to do it anymore because it's not a good fit for me. But I have found other things that are good fit for me, and I'm happy about that. So it's just about figuring out what's going to work for me and not trying to do what other people say I should do. Other people can say till the cows come home that I need to go back to school to do this, that, or the third. I know that I'm not going back to school unless I find a school that's a good fit for me. That's why I believe that if and when I do go back to school, it'll be part-time because a full-time schedule is too overwhelming for me with my ADHD, it's a learning difference. I just need to have a certain, I'm not gonna use medication. You know, I looked into it, it's not for me, um, but that means I need to work at my own pace. I need to have certain accommodations for myself, like using my planner, like using different apps and exercising and eating healthy and stuff like that. So therefore, because I know what's best for me, an online part-time education is best. I will not have to be in the classroom. I won't have to deal with a stupid professor getting off topic, saying things about their own personal life or their own personal opinion. I don't care, I didn't pay for that. You know, everything will be documented online. So if something is inappropriate, it's easier to report than when you're in a classroom. And I just don't have to deal with the politics and the socialization and the keeping up with peers and the feeling like I need to rush through this test because someone else got up and handed in their test, or the feeling like, oh, I have to go and drive here and do this, and I'm making all these sacrifices, and this professor is treating me poorly? Are you kidding me? I don't have time to deal with that. You know, if I'm the one who's paying, I need to be the one who's in charge. That's what's going to work for me. And that was what was always going to work for me, but I didn't realize that when I was younger because that wasn't what young people were told to do. But I'm grown now, so I could put the rest in the past and know that if and when I do go back to school, I believe an online class would be good for me. And I can take one online class at a time until I finish. If it takes me 10 years to get another degree, I don't care. If I never get another degree, I don't care. I'm going to do what's best for me. And when it comes to my social media platform, 
I have this podcast, and I have a YouTube channel that I'm working on. But I'm going to work on those things slow and steady. I refuse to rush myself into doing anything that I'm not comfortable doing. I will take my time, and I will work on everything little by little, bit by bit. And I believe with all of my heart that everything is going to work itself out because I've made so many improvements already. I'm very happy and comfortable with where I'm at in life. And now my big focus is on reaching out to different family members. I went to see one of my aunts the other day, my mother's aunt, and it was so nice going to her house. For years, I've been so focused on getting things done for my to-do list, for my own personal growth. And now I'm just like, you know what? I've been going to therapy for so long, and my therapist's been telling me, you are never going to be done with your to-do list. None of us are ever done with our to-do list. There's always something to do. But we just have to do what we can and enjoy our lives. And I decided, you know what? Yeah, I could really read a thousand emails. I could really apply for this and that on these different websites. I could be getting this done at the post office. But I'm going to go to my aunt's house. And that felt so good. And then that night, I spoke to one of my good friends, and he told me, I told him, oh, my God, I have a 1,000 emails. And he told me he had 30,000 emails. I said, wait, you have 40,000 emails? He said, no, I have 30,000 emails. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, there's too many of them. He just stopped reading them. He didn't even care. And I was the type of person for years, I beat myself up so badly for being backed up on emails, for being backed up on mail. I missed out an apartment once because I didn't check my mail. And then I got I got another apartment that I was approved for and I didn't get that and I did check the mail. So maybe I wouldn't have gotten the first apartment either. And I realized that, you know what? What is the point of being so hard on yourself because you missed this or that opportunity? You know, I spoke to someone who was supposed to be a truck driver and he never ended up doing it. He ended up getting into construction. I said, why didn't you become a truck driver? You love driving. He said, well, it didn't end up working out. I tried it, and it just, I, I had a few opportunities to try it, and it just never worked out. So I just moved on. I said, didn't you feel bad about that? And he said, no, because maybe the day I would have gotten my CDL license and started driving wouldn't have been the day I got into a car accident and died. And I was like, whoa. And I never really took that in. And it's like, maybe if I would have been a nail technician, I could have gotten cut and gotten an infection. Maybe if I would have stayed at the Department of Education and COVID never took place, I could have never made the money I'm making now. I would have never cultivated myself. I would have never developed this great social skills that I've developed because I really have become a better person. I've learned how to laugh off a lot. I've learned how to talk to people much better. I just, my social skills have really improved. And I, it's hard to explain. I can only use the example of, I think I saw her name was Miss Sharon, or Fate, her alias, um, as an example of having your brain literally in your body turn to mush and then you go to a social setting and you get good care and now you're improving even though you should only be declining you know 
that would be the only example I can give. And it's, it's an extreme example because I'm not that far gone, but it's it's true for me. You know, I need certain socialization. You know, I have a learning difference. I am someone who needs to work on that for my own mental and physical well-being. It's not a negotiable for me. I'm not so introverted that I don't like to be around people. I need people. And this occupation that I have working in nursing, it's a great fit for me. And people can look down on it and people can say whatever they want to say. But I personally am very happy and confident and passionate about where I'm at in life. I feel good about myself. And I am going to work on having a work-life balance. I'm no longer going to stress myself out about learning how to drive. I took some driving lessons and now I'm not taking them anymore. And I'll go back a few months from now and take them. I'm going to take my time. You know, I'm working on getting rid of my debt. I'm working on, after that, improving my savings. And I have some goals that I want to get to. But I'm just going to do one thing at a time. And if I get backed up on my to-do list, I'm just going to be backed up on my to-do list. And then in the future, I'll go and get everything done. And if I miss an appointment, that's going to suck. But that's okay. It's not the end of the world because I missed an appointment. It's not the end of the world because I can't drive. I live in New York City. It's not the end of the world because I'm not a doctor. I still ended up working in healthcare. Everything that was meant for me is going to happen. Even with the whole getting married and having kids thing. I want a husband and children so badly. But who knows? Maybe if I would have gotten married, I could have gotten really hurt, maybe killed. Maybe if I would have had a kid, I could have died during labor. Or who knows? There are so many women being killed by their kids nowadays. You never know what could happen. You know, God, and I do believe in God, God does everything for a reason. If I didn't have kids and I didn't get married in my past relationships, it was because I knew it wasn't right for me. So instead of feeling bad that I didn't happen, what I'm trying to do now, and I have my good days and bad days, is just realize that other people are going through the same thing. Even though classically Abby, she's educated, she has a bachelor's degree, she has a master's degree, she has a YouTube channel where she can talk about opera. But a part of her feels so unfulfilled that she didn't get to be this opera star, even though she doesn't have the best voice. <laughs> but it was still a passion of hers. It was a dream deferred. And I might look at her, you know, because I have so much respect for the Jewish community, her community, her demographic. I have respect for it. I might look at her and think, hmm, her life is so perfect. She has a husband, she has kids, she's well taken care of. She has a good family and a loving, supportive community. She is living the dream. That's my dream. I want to be her. But she still feels guilty and unfulfilled at times. I mean, she lives a happy, good life, but she's not happy all the time. Her life is not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. In life, it's going to be ups and downs, round and round. <laughs> Nothing is perfect. But I think for me, what I've learned over the past two years since I started going with therapy and over just the past two years, I would say it's been like a re, 
rebirth. It's like been like a reset. It's been a time for me to just sit myself down and really process information and look at things from another perspective. Because I realized the way that I was looking at things wasn't healthy. So I needed to get help to get better. And going on social media and looking at content creators was also helpful too. And what I realized watching Classically Abby's video, it really put everything in perspective for me. I think because of what I just said, because Abby has that dream life with the husband and the kids and the community and the extended family and the money and the, the this and the that. She's a social media influencer. It's like easy for me to be like, oh, her life is so perfect, but it's not, you know? And now with me, I may not have a husband or kids yet. I may not ever have a husband or kids. As much as even just saying that, it stings, but what's meant to be will be. If I'm meant to be a wife and a mother, it's going to happen. If I'm meant to be an RN or an LPN, it's going to happen. If I'm meant to be, you know, living in another country or traveling the world, it's going to happen. I have my dreams and my goals and my aspirations, but I've got to do things one step at a time at my pace, my own pace, not at someone else's pace. And I've also realized that it's important for me to enjoy being single. You know, I can beat myself up sometimes about being single, but man, I have had such a good time lately with being single, and I remember years ago when I first went to therapy years and years ago I had a therapist tell me oh go out have fun dating is fun and I said no it's not it's dangerous what are you talking about and it's true you know I had been in some abusive situations and things like that but it was because I got so attached to my partner so quickly I just wanted to hurry up and get married and that was another video where a woman who was I think her name's Liz. I can't remember her full name, but classically Abby was interviewing her. And I do watch some of her videos on Facebook sometimes. It'll just pop up in my feed. But anyways, the interviewer, the interviewee was saying, you know, when you're dating, I know this is the issue for a lot of conservatives, but try not to just see this person as your husband right away. Try to get to know them and enjoy the dating process. Be serious about it, but just try to get to know them first before you try to get yourself settled. And I have realized that now, and it makes everything so much better. You know, I've been doing vocational dating and just being more casual about my dating. It has been healthy and helpful for me because I am enjoying myself so much better. I met a man the other, oh, I think it was last month. And he started walking me, you know, he, he introduced himself to me and I actually said hi, but I acted scared. And then he asked me if he could buy me some food, but the restaurant was closed. So I told him, oh, well, there's a 24-hour grocery store and they sell food and they have seats. So we went there and we were able to sit down and eat dinner. I just met him and we just ate dinner. But the grocery store was up the block, so it was no big deal. And we were talking, talking, talking. And he's like, hey, do you want to talk in my car? I'm like, no, I don't know you. He's like, we can sit in the back. So we had been talking for over two hours, and I was like, okay, if we sit in the back, whatever. 
and we talked. You know, it was a little risky, but we did it. And we just talked. And he was really respectful. And after that, he didn't call me the next day or the day after. So I deleted and blocked his number and moved on. But I got some free food and some good conversation. And I don't regret that experience. It was really fun for me. I wouldn't recommend it for other people. But for me, I enjoyed myself. And, you know, I'm talking to one of my coworkers. He doesn't want to get married and have kids. He's made it clear this relationship is even temporary. And I've made it clear, too, because the way that he acts and thinks, I wouldn't want to marry him or have kids with him anyway. I want to have smart kids. And I don't think he's the smartest person, honestly. But I like him. We have a good chemistry. We get along. And we enjoy each other's company. So that's what we're doing right now. And we're going on a date tomorrow. And I'm excited for today. Later on today. I'm excited for our date. And I asked one of my friends to introduce me to one of his friends. He's my good friend. You know, I liked him. He liked me at first, but he ended up figuring out that we were better off as friends. And now he has a single friend that he wants to introduce me to. Maybe I'll marry his friend. Or maybe his friend will become another one of my good friends. I'm not going to rush it, you know. I'm just going to go with the flow. Try to make improvements for myself. Figure out what my likes and dislikes are within myself. And meet men as they come and as they go. And not pigeonhole myself to one guy. I'm not sleeping with any of these guys. They're my friends. All of them are friends. So I can talk to them and get to know them on an interpersonal level as I'm getting to know myself. And we can work together and see who would be my best teammate. And if we make good teammates, then we can make a good project, which is starting a family and producing some really amazing children, if that's what's meant for us to do. But I'm not going to try to settle down with someone and rush into it and have it be an unhealthy, unsafe, dangerous situation for me and my children. I'm not going to do that because it's not worth it to me to do that. And I've realized that now. And that's how I feel today. Maybe in the future I'll change my mind. I don't know. But right now, that's how I feel. And I'm confident in how I feel. I think for me, it's taken me a while to mature to the point where I have a better understanding of what it means for me to be who I am. To not hate myself, to not push myself too hard, to not bully myself, to not think less of myself because I haven't accomplished all of these things I wanted to accomplish. I work with young people who have MS. They had so many dreams and then they got their diagnosis and their health just declined. But these people, they still want to do so many things. But if the body can't move and can't go and can't do it, then you just can't. And they just have to stop. I work with people with Huntington's disease, lupus, sickle cell, all kinds of things where they just they can't do as much or they can't do certain things in the same way as other people. You know, I have a cousin who has lupus. And she, you know, she's living her life and she had a baby and she's happy, you know, but things didn't go as she planned when she was younger. 
But I think I've realized about having ADHD for me, to sum everything up, from what I've realized about having a learning difference is, it's not the end of the world, you know? When you find out you have a learning difference or a learning disability or a dis- physical disability, or when you're diagnosed with diabetes or whatever health problem, or when you just get older and you can't walk as fast anymore, you don't think as sharply, you forget things. Even if you're healthy, a healthy baby, a healthy fetus, a healthy child, a healthy teen, at some point, all of our health is going to decline. You can't be healthy forever. And even if you are, you're not going to live forever. So what I've learned as of today, winter 2021, at the age of 31, December, you know, uh, December 12th or December 13th, December 11th, 2021, at the age of 31 years old, what I realized is that life is so complicated. (laughs) You think it's simple when you're little. You think I have this dream and I just got to do one, two, three, and it'll come, it'll come true. But that's not how life works. And I've learned that you're only healthy and sharp and able to get a lot of things done for such a short period of time. And for some people, that window is shorter than others. You know, I've worked with people who, they're diagnosed with MS, they had 12 22 really healthy years and now they just are not healthy anymore. I've heard the people who are diagnosed with cancer, they had all those years but they're not healthy anymore. Your window of being healthy is so short. Even if it is 100 years, it's so short. So if you have you know, a health issue and, and now you have to have a restrictive diet or you have a, a learning issue and now you have to be super organized because you can't remember anything. That was my thing. I couldn't remember anything. And all my peers could. So I thought. So I just hated myself. So what? So what? If other people can remember and you can't. So what? If I can't pay attention as well. When my mind is less foggy, I will read those emails. Maybe. If I don't, who even cares? Is the world going to end? because I didn't read all my emails, I've learned to go with the flow. If my house isn't super tidy, which it is, because it's super organized, because otherwise I didn't find anything. (laughs) But even if it wasn't, it's not the end of the world. I can always clean it up tomorrow, or the day after, or the year after. I went to so many people's houses that are a hot mess and super filthy. But they're not terrible people just because their house is dirty. And neither would I be if that were me. If you have three kids by three different men, so what? At least you were able to have kids. That's not for me, but if that's for them, it's for them. I'm not going to knock anyone's chosen lifestyle anymore. I've learned to go with the flow. Because otherwise, 
you're gonna stress yourself out in your life and your life is so short and it's so complicated and you never know when it could change like that or when it could end so why compare myself to other people this isn't a competition this is my life and why try to force myself to accomplish dreams and goals that are not a good fit for me just so that I can say I could. People would always tell me I was so ambitious and I was always like, no, how am I ambitious when I haven't accomplished anything? I have a high school diploma, a college degree, and four trades. Like, I literally was like, being unemployed and broken homeless is not an option for me. And it was an option for me. I know people who live in homeless shelters. Like, it's not the end of the world, even if I did live in a homeless shelter, but I don't. Because I just have to take care of myself. I have to work. I have to figure it out. But I don't have to. And I need to respect the fact that I do those things. Because this is a part of my character, and it's a good thing to be ambitious. But it's not something that I should beat myself up about if and when I get tired and need a break. I'm a human being, and my life is too short for me to beat myself up over small things. So no, I will not be working with children in the Department of Education anymore because it's not a good fit for me. And no, I will not be a nail technician because I don't have the talent, the skill set, nor the time to cultivate the skill set. And that's okay. I am going to work on being a social media influencer, but if I never blow up and I just end up being an average everyday healthcare worker, that is completely fine. And I'm happy and content with that. I mean, I remember when I used to beat myself up because I wasn't investing and I wasn't into crypto and I wasn't like selling stuff on e-commerce because that was what was being promoted on YouTube. But then I get into the real world and everyone was like, no, that stuff is way too risky. Instead, you should just save all your money and go to school and work. <laughs> and then I feel bad about that. And it's like one group of people is telling me I need to invest all my money and savings are stupid. And the other group of people are telling me I need to save all my money and investing is crazy because it's too risky. Really? I don't have to do either half the country is living paycheck to paycheck <laughs> they're not saving nor investing they're just broke and I never fully realized how me doing either or neither it doesn't even matter because I can do whatever the F I want I'm a single grown woman I live in one of the hottest neighborhoods in New York and I'm safe what am I upset about? And at this moment, the answer is nothing. Thanks for listening. Later.